Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. Today, asking the questions, can Christians be under a curse? But first, I also want to let you know we are a house church network, a biblical patterned house church network, which means we, we share responsibility for hosting so that anybody who would like to host, open up their home, can host. And we share responsibility taking turns leading so that we recognize that everybody has Christ in them. And so learning what, what he is doing in them, whether that be through a revelation or, or some teaching that they've learned or some way that he's dealing with them, or perhaps they are uh, gifted in, in worship or maybe an intercessory prayer, however it is, we take turns uh, hosting, we take turns leading. And in that way, everybody's enriched. Everybody finds out what the Lord is doing in each other. And, uh, and it's participatory. It's not like the auditorium church at all. So anyway, cwowi.org. And also visit our EU website, cwowi.eu. Can Christians be under a curse? Let's first look at what I'm talking about so that we're on the same terms. Uh, I'm not talking about the curse of the generations, which is a popular thing nowadays. And what that refers to in the curse of the generations is, just briefly, is that when spirits from what the Bible calls, what the Old Testament calls familiar spirits, have been functioning in a family through multiple generations. It can be a particular form of sickness. It can be an addiction or sin, something of that nature that affected, you know, grandparents, parents, and now down to you, perhaps. And uh, and so those spirits, you know, use up one body after the other, and they try to get the next generation to submit to them. And I'm not talking about that today. And by the way, I, you know, when I was 16, 17 years old, I recognized that there were familiar spirits operating in one side of my family. And I just told them, I said, look, I said, those spirits that have been functioning through, you know, dad, grandpa, et cetera. Uh, I said, they're not going to affect me. I, I take authority over that. I refuse to give in to that. I'm not going to be like that. Christ is in me. I am, I am righteous in him and I'm not going to give in to those spirits. And I, I never have. I stopped that generational onslaught of the spirit using up one body after the other, one marriage after the other. I stopped it right there as a teenager. You can do the same. You have authority. Jesus said to take authority over spirits, command them out, cast them out in Jesus' name, use his name. So it, that's simple enough. So uh, we're not talking about the curse of the generations. Uh, what I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about the curse of the law, you know, religiousness and, and everything else. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, that doesn't mean he redeems us from our, the consequences of our actions. And, uh, and, but that's a whole other subject as well. Because a lot of people will take, uh, let me put it this way. A lot of people will miss God and then they will think, I'm under a curse. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about today. Can you be under a curse? Can Satan, uh, or by definition, a curse is when one person invokes the supernatural realm to put a curse or a spell on another person. And that's what we're talking about today. Can, can a Christian uh, be subject to that? If somebody doesn't like you, can they use witchcraft basically against you? And can that have an effect? <clears throat> in, my, in my experience, what happens is people will just miss God and things will go wrong with them. And they think, I must be under a curse. It's, it's unfortunate in our day and age that we look first to the devil instead of looking to ourselves to see how did I miss God? How did I miss his timing? What did I do wrong? Uh, so many people are so quick to blame the devil and, and think I must be under a curse. So that's the question. Can a Christian be under a curse? Um, 
it, it gets down to this, you know, faith is faith. Let me put it this way. <clears throat> Godly faith is a revelation from the Lord. That's grace. That's revelation. Noah received a revelation to build a boat. Abraham received a revelation. He was to be the father of nations. Moses received a revelation that he was to be the deliverer for Egypt. Joshua received a revelation on how to take the city of Jericho and on and on it goes. Faith is our response to the revelation. Noah built the boat. That response was faith. But and Abraham took a walk to the promised land. His response was faith. Moses went down to Egypt. His response was faith. Jericho, Mar Joshua marched around Jericho according to the Lord's instructions, and the walls fell. That was faith. His response to the grace, his response to the revelation, their response to the revelation was faith. That is what faith is. By grace you're saved through faith. That's not of yourself. The grace always comes first, and then faith is the response to grace. All right. In Satan's realm, Satan cannot create anything. So all he can do is pervert what already exists, what God has already has already created. And so the reverse of that is that Satan presents a revelation of fear, a revelation, uh, an imagination of what could be, uh, of what's going on. There's a revelation there. Uh, James chapter 3, verses you know, 14, 15, 16, talks about how the wisdom from this world and from Satan is, is sensual. It's sense-oriented. And it brings confusion and fear, whereas God's wisdom brings pure, pureness and peacefulness and gentleness and all that. So Satan brings confusion and fear. So when that revelation of fear and confusion happen, a person responds to that, oh no, this is going to happen, or oh no, this is this is doing this, and, and oh no, I must be under a curse. And in the same way, a revelation of God's grace, Noah build a boat, and he responds to it in faith. In the same perverted way, a, a vision of fear, an, an imagination, confusion. And you think, oh no, I must be. Well, when you react to that fear and that confusion, you open up the door to the enemy. It's a, it's a perversion of faith in that a person will take action and on that fear, on that confusion. They'll act on that and they will open themselves up to the enemy. And that is not, quote unquote, a curse as much as it is the fact that, that Satan will then have an open door, the demons will have an open door th through their faith in the fear and confusion and everything else. In other words, let's, let's put a real example. <clears throat> Somebody sins a sin, so their fear, their own condemnation, their own lack of awareness of who they are in Christ says, oh no, I, 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 I said something bad against the preacher, therefore I have committed the unpardonable sin. And when they fall into that fear and that doubt, and then they start talking about it and start thinking, oh no, I, I've done this. And they'll send emails out to friends that, you know, do you think I've done this, et cetera. They are exhibiting uh, an, an agreement with the confusion, an agreement with the condemnation, and that opens the realm for the demonic. So nobody's putting that on them except themselves. They themselves are forgetting that that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And they forget that they still have Christ in them. They haven't rejected the person of Jesus Christ as Lord. They've just committed a sin that they have to repent of. So <clears throat> what happens when, if, if there is somebody who's actively saying, you know, I'm putting a curse on so-and-so, or, you know, sometimes you, it, it, it's amazing, um, you know, what people will do to pray, quote-unquote, against a person. You know, pastor wants to do this, so we need to pray against him. 
or sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so wants to do this, so we need to pray against them. Don't, don't enter into Christian witchcraft. We, we pray to the Father. We don't pray against somebody. You know, you pray to the Father that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We do good. We pray for those that, uh, you know, are, are in fault or in sin or something. We pray for them that the Father's will be done in their life. That's how we pray. So what if there is somebody? And in many parts of the world, it can it can happen. Somebody will say, you know, they're Christians now. And so, you know, we put a curse on them. What they're doing is they're loosing demonic forces against a Christian. And the answer comes down to the same thing that Jesus said. It's very simple. In my name, cast out demons. In my name, lay hands on the sick. They shall recover, etc. Use the name of Jesus. So if a Christian is cursed, if, if someone does put a spell, a, a hex or something like that on a Christian, you have to be aware, Christian, that you have Christ in you and you have the authority to use the name of Jesus. You see, we are part of a royal priesthood that we have been made the, son, the sons of God, the sons and daughters of God, the children of God. Now are we the sons of God and, and we have Christ in us. We have the mind of Christ. And more than that, we have the right to use the, the name of the king against demonic forces. And so that's what we do. We obey Jesus. We don't pray to the Father, say, get this demon off of me. The Father will just say, no, my grace is sufficient. You learn how to take authority over the demons. And that's what we have to do. So if you're concerned that some person has put some curse on you, all you have to do is say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that curse that's been spoken against me. And, and I reject it. I command you out, you spirits that are behind it. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. There was a situation that's uh, kind of related where I was on staff once with a, a big church and, and there was another person who was a peer was equal to me on my administrative level. And they just had something against me. And two times my secretaries got called from two different departments saying, watch out because this person is speaking bad to the pastor about John. Another one was, hey, this, this guy's in here at the accounting department trying to get his John's department's money over to his account in a backhanded kind of way. So watch out because this guy's out for John. I had done nothing to him. The guy was just jealous of, of my position. And so once I recognized that and recognized that there were multiple reports coming in of this guy had something against me, I just took authority over the spirits. I said, I take authority through the spirits operating through so-and-so. I called his name. I said, I command this attack to stop. And I cast you out in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask you for your angelic protection, that you put a buffer between us, and that, that I'm, I'm not concerned for my name, but I'm concerned for your will being done. So I ask that you put a buffer and protection there for me, and I ask in Jesus' name. <clears throat> well, as it turned out, nothing came of his plots. He was uh, later uh, revealed when he misused some money and <clears throat> was uh, asked to resign. And so it was like, oh, praise God. You know, the, the works of darkness were exposed. But the thing that I did was when it seemed like I was under a curse where this guy had some spirits operating through him who were actively against me, I just took authority over them and commanded them to stop. So coming around full circle, you know what? If you're aware that you have Christ in you, if you're aware that you can use the name of Jesus against demonic forces, and you know how to just say, I take authority over the spirits operating through, and you can name that person. If you want to say, I take authority over the spirits that have come down through my uh, generational, through my mom's line, through my dad's line, whatever, I command you to stop because I'm a new creation in Christ. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the authority and the power, the authority to use the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit will back me up. And so 
so you just speak to them and say, I take authority over this. It's not going to happen. And Father, I ask you for angelic protection. I ask, ask you for guidance and, and put a buffer there between us. So the, the larger point is it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if, if this is a Christian saying, well, we're praying against you. Uh, you know, falling into a, a sin in that way. That's their issue. That's their problem before the Lord. Or if it's somebody who's actively putting a curse on you because you've got witches and warlocks, you know, in your generations. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a curse of the generations where it comes down and, and uh, you know, this disease or that addiction or whatever was in your family. It all comes down to the same thing, folks. You have Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you have the authority to use the name of the king against the enemy, not against people, but we, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but rather against spirits. So in the name of Jesus, you take authority over those spirits. You command the attack to stop. And here's the other thing. Like I said, coming back to, to a point I made earlier, a lot of people, when they miss God, they think, oh, they must be under a curse because things are going wrong. They mean it to, to they look to a curse when things aren't going right. And it's really, you don't find that in the New Testament. I mean, the Ephesians in Acts chapter 19 burned piles of books on the occult. If there was any group of people who might be under a curse, quote unquote, from spirits trying to get them, it might, it would be the Ephesians. Yet when you read the book of the Ephesians, Paul's letter to them, there's nothing about the devil other than, than, than his, him, you know, Paul writing and saying, just do what's right. Be aware, walk in the new man that's found in Christ Jesus. Stop being little children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You know, rise up and, and, and live for Christ because he's made you brand new. That's Paul's solution to anybody feeling like they were under a curse or something of that nature. So if, if something's going wrong, instead of looking to the devil, look first to yourself and say, how did I miss God's timing? Do I have the, 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 the basics right, but I'm trying to help God? I'm trying to bring it to pass. I'm, I'm trying to do it before it's time. Uh, you look to that because that can open the door up where God's blessing is, is not on that. And so you're off on your own strength and yeah, things will happen. But um, anyway, so you look to that and you say, okay, okay, maybe I miss God. Look first to yourself. Ask him to show you anywhere you missed it. And, and don't think that someone has cursed you or you're under a curse. You've got Christ in you. So even if that's the case, when in doubt, cast it out. You know, and just say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority or the spirits operating through so-and-so or this attack against me. There can be just a spiritual attack. In uh, Luke chapter 4, I believe it is, about verse 12, it talks about how Satan left Jesus for a season. Jesus had a, a temptation, a season of temptation, and said Satan left him for a season. So there can be out of the blue these attacks. Just take authority over them. Command them to stop in the name of Jesus. Use the authority of the name of Jesus. Have faith in his name. All right. Time's up. Gotta go. I hope this has been a blessing to you. It's kind of a scattershot of several things, but I hope it's been a blessing. 